Our first uh, missionary to preach this morning is, is Brother Stensis, and I'm so thankful for the Stensis family. When you think of Uganda, at least when I do, I think of the Stensis. And uh, of course, Dr. Stensis, our uh, faculty member here, and so many years there and raising his children on the mission field, and now uh, so many of them serving right there in that same field. And we're thankful for what God has done in the country of Uganda through this family. And uh, we're thankful to have Matt and his family with us for this conference. And I'm looking forward to what he's going to give us from God's word today. Let's welcome missionary Matt Stensis to come and preach this morning. Please be seated. It is a blessing to be here. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to preach to you this morning. It was interesting coming here where my dad is on staff. And as you stand by your display, missionaries, we like people to come and talk to us. And especially when they show interest in your field and what you're doing. So we have people that come and they're walking up to your display and you're shaking their hand. Oh, these people are going to be interested. We love your parents. <laughs> oh, amen. So do I. Nice. Our field is Uganda. Next person comes up. Oh, we love your dad. Okay, great. No, I'm truly thankful for my heritage. So thankful for my parents. It's funny to hear people call him Dr. Brian Stensis. To me, he was just dad. And I'm so thankful for him and raising us in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I'm thankful my dad did not put the ministry before us. My dad was busy all the time, but he put us first. I'm thankful for West Coast Baptist College and the work that they're doing in training young people to go out into the ministry around the world and even here in America. Maybe one day we'll be working with one of you in Uganda. That would be great. But even though it is a, a great college and great people are coming out of here, I, I have seen some problems. It's, it's interesting when you, when you sit in the back in chapel and you get to see those in the back. I'm not saying if you sit in the back, you're bad, but... When I went to college, the professor told me, he said, he always looked for trouble from the back rows forward. Some people, Bible college to them is just a time to play. Trading labors for his harvest. We need to get serious. Well, I'll get serious when I finish school. I'll get serious when I graduate. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18. First Kings, chapter 18. It's amazing how you never know the songs that are going to be sung and how they will fit. But you will see this morning how the song is perfect for this message. 1 Kings, chapter 18, we'll begin reading in verse 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou. 
and thy father's house, and that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd bless the message this morning. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. May all of us realize that what we are doing is a serious business. It's not a joke. It's not a game. Give me the words to say. Help me to honor your word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Here we have the story of the people of Israel who were trying to serve God and Baal. Baal was one of the Canaanite gods, and it is impossible to serve God and Baal, but they were trying. So Elijah tries to get them to see the difference that you cannot serve both gods. We know the story of how only one answered by fire. But I want to draw your attention to verse 21 where it says, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. The song the choir sang was all about the Lord. If that is truly God, follow him. When will you finally choose that Jehovah is God? Oh, I've chosen. I'm here at Bible college. I went to Bible college too. And I know there are those that are serious. There are those who are sitting on the fence. And then there are those who are here because their parents made them. They really don't care to be here. When will you choose that God is God? Oh, I have chosen. Follow him. What are you waiting for? That's my question this morning to you. What are you waiting for? Maybe you're waiting till you have enough time. Life expectancy in Uganda is very low. You wait until you have enough time and the people in Uganda will be dead. We don't have a lot of time. Just heard about a missionary this morning who got to his field and was there two weeks. And he's dead. What are you waiting for? I remember when dad was on furlough to go to Africa and they told him, you're crazy. You're wasting your time. Besides, Jesus is coming in 88. <laughs> Why are you even going? Well, because he went, many churches were started. Hundreds of people were saved. Radio stations were started. 
other missionaries like my two brothers and myself and my sister have been influenced to go to Uganda as well. What are you waiting for? Do you have enough time? You see, it's not that we don't have enough time. We're not using the time that we have. In Uganda, we witness by making contacts with people. As we meet people, we talk to them. Uh, door knocking is a bit difficult there because if you go to the doors, it's only going to be the housemaid. So you try to find people in town as you do business and you talk to them and you make time for them. That's the time that you have. It's interesting that the people that are usually called on to do more work are those who are the busiest. I remember in college there were those guys that had their way paid for them. They were, they were never doing anything, but nobody ever asked them to do anything. They didn't always get the best grades either. What are you doing with the time that you have? Are you waiting until you have enough time to serve God? Oh, when I get out of college, then, when I'm not so busy with schedule, when I'm not so busy with work, when I'm not so busy, then I'll serve God. Then I'll do what I need to do. It may be too late then. Maybe you're waiting until you have enough money. After all, we have college bills. I don't have enough money to put some fuel in my tank to go and preach the gospel somewhere. I don't have money, I don't have enough money to give to missions. Now, I love coffee, but it's amazing how much we pay for coffee. You want to drink coffee? Come to Uganda. It's really cheap. It's really cheap. Uh, and especially when you can buy it green for a dollar a pound and roast it yourself. It's cheap. We pay more for coffee than we do missions. Waiting until your job pays enough, taxes go down, gas prices go down. Brother Getch mentioned yesterday that cushy job that you're waiting for. You might wait too long. Understand if God wants you to do something, He's going to take care of it. Amen. We don't understand how much we as Americans waste. I'll tell you, this is the, the eatinest church I have been in. Sunday morning, prayer meeting. Donuts and juice. First service, donuts. Then Sunday school. In the Sunday school classes, there's food. Then the second service, there's more donuts and juice. Then you eat lunch. Then you come back for the missionary experience and there's more food. It's amazing. We waste more food. You ever go to Golden Corral? And you see the plates of food they throw away? Well, we don't need to wait until we have more money. We need to be wise stewards of the money that God has given to us. I've tried to teach my children that when you give, God gives back to you. When you waste, you wonder why you don't have. As we were trying to build our church building there in Uganda, we had no money. I had nothing. 
And I told our men, we're just going to have to trust the Lord. As God brings the money in, we'll build. God would bring some money in. We would start to do some building. But then the money was done. And I said, all right, guys, Friday, that's it. The money is finished. We have nothing else. So you know that by Friday, nothing else is there. Wednesday or Thursday, I'd get an email from a church that said, we want to send you $1,000. I was so excited to go and tell the guys, hey, God's provided the next step. But if we just waited until we had all the money, we'd probably never have a building. Use what God has given you. Don't wait until you have enough money. Don't wait. You always wait for that better paying job or that raise. But if you wait until you get those things, you may wait too long. What are you waiting for? If the Lord be God, follow him. Serve him. You're waiting until you have enough education? Well, I have to be trained first, and then I can go out. In our uh, Bible college here in Uganda, before they are able to graduate, they have to have already uh, had uh, so many uh, uh, practical things that they have to have been involved in. It doesn't mean this is what they're going to do with their life, but they have to have gone through so many things, ushering, giving announcements, song leading, singing a special, helping in kids' class, teaching in kids' class, discipling others, teaching a teen's class, teaching an adult class, preaching in a church, preaching in a village, starting a new ministry, training another person to do a ministry. That's before they graduate. If you wait until you graduate to serve the Lord, you're probably not going to serve the Lord. Our discipleship, we go through certain lessons. When they finish those lessons, then we teach them to disciple others. The first set of lessons takes about six months. You say, you have a, a, a Christian who's been saved six months discipling others? They are simply taking the basic things they have learned and teaching others. Amen. Are they the strongest Christian? No. But I guarantee you, when they teach those lessons, they learn a lot more than they were taught, than when they were taught. In Uganda, they, the school system is, is not, not good. Um, and so we tell them that we homeschool our children. They say, oh, I could never do that. And I say, did you go to kindergarten? Well, yes. Then you can teach your kids kindergarten. Did you go to first grade? Yes. Then you can teach your kids first grade. You don't have to have every bit of education. Teach them what you know. In Uganda, we, in our compound, we have a man who, who is kind of a guard and a help. He's a right hand in the ministry. So because he stays on our compound, he has electricity, he has water, he has security, things like that. And he's in the Bible college. So there's another older gentleman who is always giving this guy a hard time saying, are you a Jew? Uh, he says, you have all these things. I don't have these things, but I'm making better grades than you. You have all this stuff. You should be making better grades. We are so blessed here in America. We have so many advantages. What are we doing with it? Are we wasting it? Are we waiting till we have more? We have men in Uganda who live in a mud hut, have no electricity... And they're ready to preach the gospel. 
because they know what Jesus Christ did for them and they want to tell everybody. What are you waiting for? One man rides his bike miles out in the village to preach the gospel. Nobody pays him. He's doing it because he loves the Lord. What are you waiting for? If the Lord be God, if the song they just sang is true in your life, why don't you serve God? Luke 12, 48 says, For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall but much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. One day we're going to stand before God. And he's going to say, I gave you so much. What have you done with it? It doesn't matter what everybody else has. You have the, the story of the talents of five, two, and one. God didn't require the one guy that he gave one to to make five talents. The one who gave two, he just said, well done when you got two. It doesn't matter what God has given you. What are you doing with it? It doesn't matter how much. Are you waiting for more? What are you waiting for? Joshua 24, 15 says, Choose you this day. Today, not tomorrow. You wait until tomorrow, you forget. Choose you this day. Matthew 16, 24, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. A young man came to a, an older Christian and said, I want to enter the Lord's service. The older man said, well, how long have you been saved? He said, oh, I've been saved for three years. And the older man said, well, then who have you been serving those three years? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. In 1984, there was a Ugandan who came to America. He lived in the Washington, D.C. area. He went to business school, but because of the lack of finances, he could not continue. So he tried to get some uh, a work as a nurse's aide. He moved to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and he worked there in a nursing home. He was in America for 25 years. When he went back to Uganda in 2009, he was crowned king of the Bakonzo Kingdom. Kasese, where we work, is in the Bakonzo Kingdom. So this man, Charles Wesley Mumbere, was crowned king of the Bakonzo Kingdom. He began to oppose the government. He began to try to form his own army. He would get his royal guards to attack police stations so they could get their guns. He did this over many years. Finally, the president of the country said, I've had enough. And on November 27, 2016, as we were coming back from church, he attacked the, the king's palace. Hundreds of people were killed in the whole situation. Families were destroyed. The king is now in uh, basically house arrest in the capital. There's much unrest in the area. And I wonder, he was in America for 25 years. Why didn't someone tell him about Jesus Christ? What were people waiting for? Well, he's a different color, a different culture, different language. Maybe we missed the opportunity to reach a king who could go back to his country in Uganda and raise his kingdom for Christ. 
It's not a game. This is not a joke. This is serious business. People's lives are at stake. What are you waiting for?